Hello and welcome to the Biz Design Enterprise Architecture Podcast. My name is Will Scott, and in these podcasts, we talk to leaders in the areas of enterprise architecture and how they and their teams deliver value to their organizations in advancing strategy, optimizing operations, and reducing and managing risks. In this episode, we speak to Mike O'Dell. Mike is president of Expert Minds and has previously held a number of full-time and fractional CIO positions across a wide range of industries. Mike gives us his insight on how enterprise architecture teams can best go about aligning themselves to the mission of the CIO. So let's go to that interview now. So Mike, welcome to the podcast. It's a pleasure having you here. I think it'd be good for our listeners if you perhaps introduce yourself, give a little potted history of your career and what you're doing now. Well, thanks for having me. It, uh, I've been a CIO since 2020. Um, I started off as, a, um, well, out of high school, I was a machinist, and then I joined the Marine Corps and got my degree in electrical engineering. And I practiced engineering for about seven years. Um, and then got drew the short straw and got put up in IT to help manage an SAP project. Uh, discovered I liked IT and stayed there. Um, thought I brought a an interesting approach, having been part of plants and production and uh, being a part of the business. I thought lended a better insight into how technology can actually help the businesses. So um got my first cio gig in 2020 and or sorry 2000 um at a building building materials manufacturer and they had failed an sap implementation as well um that's been kind of a theme of my career as a cio is uh going places where it is broken for some reason or another be it an sap implementation uh one of a big grocery store chain i was cio of they had a loyalty um project that had was long over budget and long was never going to work um that's my band right now i'm president of expert minds and we spend uh we provide in addition to sap services we we provide strategic services for people and i spend most of my time as an interim or a fractional pio for organizations that's fantastic to hear. Well, of course, this is the Enterprise Architecture Podcast. And what I'm really curious to understand is, as a CIO who's been in many different CIO roles, I'm really interested and curious as to your perspective on enterprise architecture and enterprise architects. But before I do that, I'm going to begin by asking, for the CIO today, what, what's top of mind for them? What's What, what fulfill, fills the, the CIO's thinking every day? Well, I think, as always, we're worried about cyber to a certain extent, um, especially people who are using fractional CIOs. They don't they can't they can't afford the luxury of a CISO. Um, so cyber is interesting. Automation's a big thing, especially in today's economy where, you know, one, people are hard to find, surprisingly. Um, and at the same time, everything is getting expensive. So automation's interesting. Um, people trying to find a way to innovate. Um, and be creative. Um, people are another thing that I think is top of mind. They're hard to find. I've always thought that 90% of the work in IT is done by 10% of the people. So finding that 10%, taking care of that 10%, um, and, and may, providing them a safe place where they can innovate 
you know, we always hear people talk about let's fail fast. Um, and most uh, traditional organizations, the first thing they do is punish those people that fail. It's uh, so providing that safe place. Uh, I think that's part of a CIO's role as well. Yeah, I know that's the, uh, you know, that's the tagline of Agile, right? Fail fast, fail cheaply. But it's interesting you're saying that. Yes, but if you do fail, be wary of the consequences. Of that's it right. Well. It's not free from an organizational politics perspective. Right. That failure is far from free. So I'm hearing top of mind now we've got cybersecurity. Mm-hmm. We've got automation driving out those costs. We've just ongoing innovation and how technology can be used for innovation and differentiating the business and finally, and perhaps underpinning those three things, is people. And I, I'm, 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 I'm fascinated that it's not even the Pareto 80-20, it's the 90-10 rule. It's the Mike 90-10 rule that 10% of the people do. So providing that, that safe environment for them is very, very important. I get that. So let's shift gears a little bit now and think about enterprise architecture. When you look to enterprise architecture in the organizations you have worked for and in your role right now, what do you what does what as a CIO do you look for EAs to do for you? Uh, from my perspective, I think EAs need to put together an architecture that's robust enough to. Um, one of the CEOs that I worked for right out of the gate at the building materials company was a very opportunistic thing. He didn't bother putting together a strategy for his business. He just you know kind of played it by ear and watched it. Had a great sense for business, so he. He never wrote down a strategy. I'm sure he had something going on in his head. But he, you know, one day he calls me into his office and says, "We're going to buy a garage door company. Um, there's, you know, 30 locations. Let's figure this out. Um, how techno- technologically we we can figure that out." Now I had a great EA working for me, and we had the luxury when they were switching over to SAP to kind of redo the entire infrastructure. How how are we going to run things? How are we going to build it? How are we going to um, make sure you're pure, reliable, and maintainable. So from my perspective, a good EA will put together an architecture that is flexible enough for people like that CEO that um, just kind of does things, takes advantage of opportunities, and that is also secure, reliable, and maintainable. And you can... I'm not going to say predict the future because nobody can predict the future. But what I think a good architect does is they build a architecture that is flexible enough that because architecture takes a long time to build. And if you buy a garage door company, you don't have a long time to build something. So you need right. you need to make sure it's flexible enough that it can absorb those uh, opportunities without ridiculous amounts of costs and trouble. The other well, thing seems I quite, think this seems oh, quite the challenge. Let me just pause there for a second because we've already brought up agility. So build a flexible architecture that can accommodate a business that wants to be agile, but it also needs to be robust and maintainable and bulletproof and all that sort of stuff. Is that how, how do we achieve those two things? How do we get that, you know, flexible yet robust architecture? Um that's a good question. I guess that's a better question for a good architect. That's the that's the question that the architect <laughs> needs to be able to yes. answer, right? And it's interesting. I've had I've had the luck in my career of working with some very talented architects. And you know, one example of that is when I was at the grocery store chain, um, a multi-billion-dollar grocery store chain. They had been working on loyalty program for two years, and 
they didn't have a formal architecture uh, architect at the time or a formal program for architecture at the time. And they just said, okay, this doesn't look like it's going to work. So they, my boss loaned me to them so I could go be their CIO. They do what everybody does, fire the CIO and try something different. And I went in and looked around and said, yeah, there you're right. This is never going to work. And this is at a May board meeting we had the discussion. Between May and June, I hired an architect to help me figure this out. How are we going to go forward? And this architect took a look around at everything they had and said, well, you own this, you own this, you own this. We can use that to solve this problem. And uh, so the board approved the new um, system in June, and it was live for employees by September, and it was live for customers by October. Um, so, you know, how he did it, I don't know. The fact that he did it, um, to me, is proof of the value of an enterprise architect. I like that. So we're looking for that enterprise architect. It almost seems like it's it's the right-hand person to the CIO that can build flexible yet robust architectures and also be innovative enough to look for reuse in the existing systems to achieve some kind of business outcome as well. So I think that you said it was like four months, a program that they'd attempted for two years was done in yes. four or five months. That's incredible. Four months, four months, one month of uh, planning and prep and architecting and 90 days before it was live for customers. And the interesting part that what I was most impressed with the architect was the grocery store chain owned all of that software. And this person just came in and said, okay, we got a problem to solve. Let's see how we can do this. And just used, didn't have to buy anything. Um, just built it and off we went. And the and didn't have to hire consultants to build it. The people that worked for the grocery store chain in IT were able to execute on this person's architecture. Wow. So that's, that's a, a fast and not expensive and presumably of quality, right? That's the triptych yeah. there that everyone wants, speed, quality, price. You managed to hit all three there. So that's how what a great architect looks like. What do EAs do not so well? What an EAs failing in your experience? What what what's the enterprise architecture departments and enterprise architects doing wrong uh, when they're not doing so well? Um, to my way of thinking about architects, the things that drive me nuts the most is people who don't try to fit in. Um, so a company, an organization, typically has project processes. Uh, they already have steering committees. They already have, you know, technology committees. And then the architect, when you start to create one, some architects will try to create their own bureaucracy in addition to that. An architectural review board um, is one. I prefer to see the architects be a part of the project early, be a part of um, the normal project processes not have. I'd, if I had my way, there'd never be an architectural review board. People, you know, would you, they would just, the architects would be uh, just like the IT people, a part of the business. And they they become part of the process. They understand the various components. They understand how a company makes money and they participate in that from the technology side. Right, um, instead of being in this sort of, I mean, enterprise architects often have the reputation. I think sometimes it is deserved of sitting in the ivory tower, you know, mandating standards and, you know, the guys who say no sort of thing. And, you know, that's, that's right. there's no place in the modern enterprise for that. So you're saying, you know, just don't sit there in the ivory tower and dictate how things are going to be. 
integrate with existing systems and existing processes and teams as well. That's right. Don't be a part of a bureaucracy. It doesn't need to be created. Be a part of the process. Um, Another thing we hear is, is enterprise architects often are challenged with talking about their value to people who are not enterprise architects. You know, there's the secret language of TOGAF or whatever the secret language is. You know, they've got all their diagrams and what have you. But sometimes they struggle with expressing the importance of enterprise architecture. What do you think about that, Mike? And how, how what's the best way an enterprise architect can pitch their value to non-enterprise architects? I think they need to do it just like a CIO does. You need to talk about this in business terms. Um, the people who run the business don't care about the technology. You know, there is, uh, and, you know, kind of borrowing from Martha Heller's book, there's this white space that technology people need to own. Um, where the CIO and the architect, enterprise architect, they need to understand the business. They need to understand how businesses make money, how they achieve their mission, how they, they need to understand how all of that works. And when they need and when they have conversations with and but the people who are running that business, your operation, they don't necessarily need to understand the technology side. Right. Um, so they need they enterprise architects need to own that white space and be able to have conversations, not from a technology perspective, but from the how side that the business people actually care about. If they can have the conversation that way, um, they don't have to prove their worth to anyone, in my opinion. I think it becomes apparent when... The, the other thing I think is a challenge for some enterprise architects is understanding how those standards affect, disrupt optimal business process sometimes and one key to that is understand if you understand how a business makes money or accomplishes or achieves their mission then you understand that there is an ideal process at some point there is a, it's just a natural ideal process and if technology when you layer it over the top of that disrupts that process and the enterprise architect needs to understand that, and they need to understand how to minimize that disruption. Um, and that there's going to be compromises around standards when it comes to that, right? So that's interesting. So we'll just summarize the little things we're hearing about the great enterprise architect. Can build those agile, flexible architectures, can integrate with the team and processes, um, can speak the language of the business and also acknowledge the realities of life that sometimes you can't have, you know, the perfect architecture. Sometimes you have to make compromises. Is that right on that last one? Sometimes you just have to make compromises. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. You do have to compromise. Um, uh, nothing but, is perfect. I'd love for it to be perfect. I have a touch of OCD like a lot of us uh, in the technology world, but uh, sometimes you have to acknowledge reality that you do have a business to run and that's why we're there. How does the phrase go? The, uh, the perfect is the enemy of the good, right? And, that's right. Uh, that's exactly right. We can pursue those things. And that must be quite difficult, though, for architects, because as an engineer, I'm an engineer myself, you know, oftentimes, if it can be done to 16 decimal places of accuracy, then we should do it to 16 decimal places of accuracy, when we recognize that sometimes we don't need to be that precise. No. The compromise is needed in those respects. That, that's a hard lesson to learn sometimes, too. As a machinist, I would machine things out to four decimal places and measure it. That'd be perfect. 
And then I took up woodworking and the guy teaching me how to do restore vintage trailers is like, look, pal, they put that 30 second on the tape measure, but you're not actually supposed to use it. <laughs> I, you know, I like those, those types of things. Um, so appropriateness for the task at hand. I think people need to be flexible that way and be willing to compromise. So, Mike, I don't know what the average tenure of a CIO is these days. I think it's two or three years or, or something terrifyingly short like that. But nonetheless, the CIO has to lay out their agenda and their mission. How best do enterprise architects go about making sure that what they do is aligned to what's important to the CIO and the CIO's mission? I think one of the first things, and especially if you're doing interim roles or you're going and entering a place where IT is considered to be broken. Um, recently, I went to a place that, you know, what they wanted me to do was tell them why a CIO doesn't work at their organization because they had five failures in a row. You know, it's like, well, I'm not sure it doesn't work. It, maybe it's just inappropriate. But um, one of the first thing we did was sit down and say, okay, what is the enterprise architecture? So the enterprise architect, as a rule, if they're worth their salt, they know what's going wrong. Um, they understand where technology is failing the business, and they have ideas about how to go, um, how to remedy that. And so one of the first people to talk to would be the enterprise architect. So you get an understanding of what is the situation on the ground, make that reconnaissance, figure out what needs to be done um, and what priority. Them, uh, the art enterprise architect and the CISO are probably the two key people to meet with right out of the gate, uh, along with the business people, obviously. But the enterprise architect should be able to say and articulate what the architecture is now where the holes are in the architecture now, where we're failing, um, what needs to be cleaned up, and what we need to do to make it more robust. Right. I always so, thought there's very strong parallels between enterprise architecture and architecture. I mean, literally, buildings. I think it's well-named. You know, an mm -hmm. architect who understands intimately the building and how it's structured, its weaknesses, you want to replace all the wiring. The architect can tell you exactly how to do that. You want to add three more floors. The architect can tell you the ramifications of that. I just thought there's always very strong parallels between architecture and enterprise architecture. We happen to be using different nouns, but the verbs probably stay the same. What do you think to that? I think to a large degree, that's true. Because um, another thing architects do, in addition to understanding how it's built, um, they also understand how it's going to be used. Um, which I think is a good parallel because architects are, we just recently built the house that we live in and the architect, well, he always talks about the flow of where things go and how people use it. Um, and an understanding of, okay, we need to put this here because of this and too far. And uh, yeah, I think that's a pretty good parallel. Yeah, and well, I think how it's built and, and how it's going to be used. And I guess the third one might be, and if you need to make changes, what the impact of those That's right. changes That's is going right. to be. Yes. And yeah, and that uh, the garage door reference I made earlier. I mean, when I went and met with the architect and said, hey, uh, we're going to buy a garage door company in a couple months. Um, first thing he does is he pops out the enterprise architecture drawing um, and says, okay, this is what we're going to do. What, what system are they on now? This is how long it's going to take us to get on to our system. That company that I work for, 
had a rule that uh, if we bought a company, we didn't keep their old system. We used ours. And so if it was a distribution company, they could be on SAP within the month. If it was a production company, it would take three months. But, you know, getting people on our systems so that we keep it simple um, was critically important. Sure, sure. Well, Mike, we always like to have our, our guests leave the audience with three key takeaways. After our conversation today, we've covered a lot of different territory here. You had to give the message to enterprise architects as a CIO, an acting CIO a practitioner. What would be those three key takeaways you'd send? I would say be a part of the project process early and often. I think that's critical to be a part of the process. The, you know, sitting in your ivory tower uh, is not the right way to do this. Being a part of it, that's the way to get it done. Uh, the other thing is to keep it simple. If it can fit on one page, it should fit on one page. It shouldn't be a thousand pages. Nobody's going to read that or understand it. Um, keep it as simple as you possibly can. The other thing about architecture that we really haven't talked about, but I think is important, is to define the scope of your enterprise architecture and own that scope, and but only that scope. So be focused on what is important. Laser focus on what is important. And then those underpinning rules we talked about of being able to speak the language of the business is where yeah, you're going to demonstrate your value. Yeah. And I yeah. think that's true for all technologists, not just enterprise architects. It uh, is. It's common that um, most, yeah, CIOs, CISOs, everyone, being able to articulate from a business person's perspective is the only way to be successful. Yeah. And I, I think, I mean, it's a, a harsh thing to hear. But what you said before was very true. The business doesn't care about the technology and the business doesn't care about the architecture. None of those things, what it cares about is the business outcomes that it's achieving. And so we just have to acknowledge that. I'm not saying it's not important, but the details is not something the business necessarily cares about, just that it works and they can change it as they see fit. Yeah, I think the best enterprise architects I've been exposed to have the ability to have that conversation in business speak when we're with business people and then have that very technical conversation when it's them and the CIO or them and the CISO. Yeah, so it's actually almost that translator role that sits between mm -hmm. the business and the technologist. Yeah. Well, Mike, be able to do both. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that's a hard one. I mean, that's quite, I wouldn't say the unicorn you're describing there, but someone who can be agile and flexible and fit within any team and doesn't sit in an ivory tower and can speak the language of the business and straddle between business and technology. That's quite the list of requirements there. Do you know what I mean? So I mentioned you find a great enterprise architect, you want to hold on to them forever, right? That's right. You got to get that 10%. That 10%. I like it. Well, Mike, thanks so much for your time today. I've really enjoyed our conversation. I hope to have you back on as well. And good luck with all your ventures. And I'm sure our listeners who are enterprise architects primarily found it really interesting to hear what a CIO's perspective is on what they do and the impacts they can have as well. But Mike, thank you so much for your time today. You're welcome. Thank you for having us on. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Mike. And I think you'll agree some fascinating insights on the things enterprise architecture teams need to do to make sure they're aligned to the transformation initiatives of the CIO. For more podcasts, blogs, and recorded webinars, please visit us at bizdesign.com, where there's a wealth of information available. And if you enjoyed this podcast, we'd encourage you to leave a review on the podcast platform you use. If you'd like to tell your EA story and feature on this podcast, then please email me, Will Scott, 
at podcast at bizdesign.com. Bizdesign is a leader in the area of enterprise architecture software that supports enterprise architecture teams in delivering value to their organizations, with a key focus on the value outcomes of strategy advancement, operational efficiency, and reducing risk. Thanks for your time today.